With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grind Line podcast. This is episode 43 and I am here with Ryan and Tyler. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing good besides this weather. It's a joke. It's like pouring rain. It's icy and stuff. It's real dangerous out there. So it's a normal day in Boston? (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, it's been pretty rainy here. It was like 54 degrees last night. I thought my phone was was, uh, having a stroke or something. And Mm -hmm. then I checked outside and yeah, it was 54 degrees, but it's getting a little colder now. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm not looking forward to the rest of the week, though. It's supposed to be back down to about 25, 30, so normal winter-type weather on a, on the horizon for us here in Detroit. Yes, hope we don't get any snow. Uh, or ice. Keep it dry. It's been that's, dry. That's a, keep it we dry. We don't say the word no. No, we don't. We keep I'll, that out of our lives. I'll take we snow, don't. just not I'll wet and then ice. Pond's frozen, so we can all be uh, pond hockey heroes. Yeah, okay. You do that, Tyler. I'll hurt myself. <laughs> So tonight what we're going to go over is we're going to do our half season grades for our forwards. Uh, We can't fit the entire team in in one podcast. That'll take a little bit. Uh, So we're going to go through our forwards on the next podcast. We'll go through defensemen and goalies and then our overall team grade. But I'd like to go over the forwards tonight. The Red Wings look like they're probably going to lose another game tonight on January 8th to the Montreal Canadiens. They're down three to one in the third. So getting closer to that, uh, first round uh high first round draft pick and we're at where i think we're officially in lose for hughes mode mm. or lose for capo caco capo caco lose for top three i don't even give a shit at this point yeah i ran the i ran the lottery sim today 10 times uh detroit got top three pick six and top pick twice yeah, so in your post on the uh, facebook group you're very active on those greg yeah i like to tell people how dumb they are <laughs> so ridiculous on there though it's insane. it's it's, uh, it's and we've talked about before it's old fans that have the old way of thinking and thinking bringing in people to beat people up is going to help and it's not and i'm over it but we're going to talk about people that are actually going to help the red wings we are going to start uh in what better place than with the captain of the detroit red wings dylan larkin because I, by now, he should just get one of them whiteout pens and draw a C on his jersey because they're not <laughs> giving it to him, so he might as well manufacture it. Dylan Larkin, clearly the best player on the Red Wings this year with 18 goals and 23 assists in 44 games. He has one or two more multi-point games. He's on a point-per-game uh, pace. So I will let you guys give your assessments and grades first, and then I will let you know if I agree or disagree. Uh, and with Dylan Larkin, we will start with Ryan. Well, I appreciate you getting all the happiness out of the way right out the gate. So <laughs> um, 
No, but to, for me, I, you got to give Larkin a. We're going to go with the the plus minus scale. He's an A plus to me. There's he's done everything you could have hoped for, especially with the departure of Zetterberg, and then some. And it's just been absolutely impressive the way he's been able to pull it off and just take over uh, this team. And everyone's following suit. Everyone that is on the line with him this season, it's like they just get to a different level. Nyquist, he's been with him all year. He plays better. When Mantha's with him, he's playing better. Bertuzzi, so on and so forth, with the exception of Abdicator, but we'll get there later. Um, <laughs> it, it's just he's he's so much fun to watch. When he touches the puck, you you move forward on your seat to see what's going to happen. So you give him an A-plus. Tyler, what is your assessment of Dylan Larkin? I would say an A-plus as well, not to just piggyback off of what Ryan is saying, um, but, you know, he's he's been everything and more that the Red Wings could ask for. You know, he, he's he got an everything except for the C. You know, he's going to earn that C. They're going to give it to him probably this summer, or, you know, going into the training camp next year. And, you know, he's been he's been everything and more. You know, he's he's averaging a, just about a point per game. He's averaging 21 minutes a game, which is, you know, almost 22 minutes a game. You know, and that's taken over Zetterberg's 24 or whatever it was per game now. So, I mean, he's been unbelievable for the Red Wings. And, you know, that's just a building block that can continue, you know, along with, you know, the Zadinas and, and hopefully the Athanasius of the world. Yeah, I agree. I also give him an A+. Plus. Like you said, he's, he, he's almost at the point-per-game pace. He had that 14-game point streak, which was the longest in the NHL. Uh, he has tied for uh, most overtime game-winning goals by a Red Wing. He's one away from tying the NHL record for uh, most overtime goals uh, in a season. He's reached that important step of not be not just being the best player on the team, but also making everyone around him better. And that is is how you become an elite player, is no matter who they put you with, you make those people better. And that is the point that Larkin is getting to. He's willing to put the team on his back. He plays a full 200-foot game and some. And, and I think Larkin is probably going to be your only A-plus on – sorry to break it to you. He's probably your only A-score on this team, if not the only A-plus that's going to be given out between these two episodes. So uh, put your seatbelts on. You're going to be in for a long ride. We're going to go next to Gustav Nyquist. Uh, in 44 games played, Nyquist has 10 goals and 26 assists, giving him 36 points in 44 games. He is in a contract year. I do not believe the Red Wings will resign him. In fact, I believe he will be dealt at the trade deadline and should get us a pretty decent pick or prospect. Um, not thinking he'll get a first because he's, like I said, he'll be a, a rental at that point. And he is the only, uh, he is number two of four players that have been able to play every game this season uh, that have not been injured or sat. So uh, Tyler, we'll start with you for Gustav Nyquist. Uh, Gustav Nyquist, I would give an A minus. I think he's been along with Larkin, one of the only big bright spots. And he's really a surprise for me. I thought over the last few years, he's regressed. I mean, obviously he's, he's done well assist wise, but he's actually scoring some goals this year, which is, which is important. He's averaging over 18 minutes a game, and, and that's important as well. Um, but, you know, it seems like Nyquist and Larkin have a little bit of chemistry. I just hope that, um, you know, this summer, even even when we get closer to the trade deadline, they still 
steal him and they don't think that he's a piece to build around, which would be a, a mistake in my opinion. What's your grade for him? An A minus? A minus, yeah. All right, Ryan. Ironically enough, I'm also going to be giving Gus an A minus. I think for what he's done as well with uh, Zetterberg stepping out, he's he's stepped up. Uh, he's been playing with Larkin most of the year, kind of like I, I mentioned just a few moments ago, and he's embraced the role. He he looks refreshed. He's flying all over the ice like he like we're used to seeing. Last year was definitely a down year in regards to what we would expect from him. Um, he's already four points away from his total points from the season prior, so he's got 10 goals so far in 44. He'd like to see a little bit more there, but at the same time with other guys that help stepping up and producing, he's doing what you would hope he would do, not so much on the defensive side, but he's there to make plays and be a playmaker and I think that overall for how the season has gone he's been one of the few bright sides and right now you're watching this game he's out there with Larkin on that first line and they got Mantha and it's that's it's fun to watch yeah I'm gonna give Nyquist a B plus he's doing what you want him to do he he could score a little more he tends to hold on to the puck a little too long uh, mm-hmm. Or pass at very inopportune times. Mm-hmm. I've caught myself several times this season just yelling shoot whenever he has the puck, and then he'll drop it back and miss a chance altogether, giving the goalie too much time. Uh, is he having a career season? You bet he's having a career season. Mm-hmm. Is that only going to increase his trade value? I hope so. Um, I think you, like I said, I think you could get maybe a second round pick or, or a good solid D prospect for Gustav Nyquist to a team that maybe has too many of them, or that is just looking for scoring or playmaking uh, ability on that. So Nyquist, I would give him a B plus he's close. If he, if he shot more, I'd give him an A, no problem, but he, I think he's just holding on to the puck too much or dropping it when he should be passing it. And it's fantastic that you bring that point up because he did exactly that just now in the game. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Mantha did it the other night, and I want to pull my hair out uh, whenever I do that, but then I'd look like Tyler by the end of the night. So. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to move on to you, got, you hate him and you love him, Andreas Athanasiu, who uh, tonight's his 39th game. He will have he scored two tonight so far, so that would give him 17 goals and 10 assists, uh, giving him 27 points in 39 games. He, God, I I like Athanasiu, but I think Athanasiu has enough value. If you traded him, you could get something good, and you could easily replace him next year with someone like a Zadina someone could come in and step in and fill that that void because I feel like what Athanasiu is good for is he's fast and he gets breakaway goals, but but he's more of a one-trick pony. He's not great defensively. He doesn't really play a 200-foot game. Uh, it's it, For me, it's up in the air, um, but I'm going to let Ryan go first and give a grade, and then I'll let Tyler give a grade, and then I'll grade him. See, I'm going to go with the – He's fringe B minus to B for me. I think that what he brings, I I would agree in the sense that he is more one dimensional on the offensive side of the puck and that can be frustrating and it doesn't always click for him, but he's, he almost reminds me of of Tatar is that when he gets going though, he is on fire. And like tonight he's got two goals and he's just everywhere around the puck. 
And when he can't, when he's on the puck, the way he, the, like when you're watching tonight's game, it's, it's impossible to take it from him. And, but, and sometimes that'll actually translate into him having a full game when he's playing a defensive game. I think he's one of the best players on the team to be quite honest, but yeah. at the same time, it doesn't happen day in and day out. So I, I'd, I'd say my official grade would be a B minus. Okay. Tyler. Yeah, I would go with a B. I think he's been really good. I mean, obviously there's been stretches where he dries up and, and, you know, that's just kind of what it is when you have a streaky guy like him. But I feel like he he's he's a dynamic player. He he has a chance to be a game breaker when he's on and, and when he's shooting a puck and, and getting an opportunity, getting opportunities to score. You know, usually he makes the most of them when he has opportunities to score. I think he's a dangerous forward. And I think that obviously, you know, he's not a full uh, 200 foot player i understand that i don't think he'll ever be that but if he's a goal scorer and he's a guy that can get 25 to 20 to 25 goals i mean that's that's something that's very important for a team like the red wings going forward or you know if you think that that his value is that high then you could trade him as well he's also only 24 yeah exactly so i am going to give athanasiu a b i think the thing with him is I don't think he's still fully bought into being a part of the team. He still seems kind of, of, of iffy in that respect. When he gives interviews, he's kind of sullen. And it, the holdout in the offseason still really gets at me because there was no reason for him to hold out for a contract. And I don't know if I can blame him 100% as I can blame his agent. But yeah. a, a lot of people that I've seen agree that that he seems like he's not – really a good team player that he is more about himself than he is about the team which in the end could be problematic again he's fast he has pretty good hands but generally he has to cheat plays to score he has to cherry pick he has to stand by the blue line and get a breakaway even tonight when he scored that first goal people are are patting him on the back but he had a good 10 seconds to get that puck ready and pick a spot to shoot Mm -hmm. he's he's not very good at making the fast decisions to score. And he, this year I've noticed more that he, whenever he tries to break in, he thinks he can just beat everyone that's in front of him. And he ends up getting knocked off the puck and turned around. So I'd give Athanasiu probably the same as Ryan B minus to B. He needs to work on his defensive game. He needs to work more on his zone entry and he needs to work on his attitude because it's really not helping at all again if he improved that i'd have no problem keeping him but again i think he has enough value to get you a good defenseman or some good picks if you were to trade him to a team that needs the speed needs the scoring i think his attitude is a concern though especially moving forward yeah on to franz nielsen franz started out the season not great as the season has progressed he gotten better I'm not going to say he's amazing, but he's become solid as the season's gone on. So I can't hate him. He's an old guy. People, You can hate him for his contract, but you can't really hate him a, a lot for his on-ice play because he's, he's just a solid the third-line center right now. So sure, he's paid too much, but what are you going to expect out of a, of a, a little older vet like that? Uh, and Tyler, you can start with Franz. Yeah, I like Franz Nielsen. He's obviously the contract sucks, but you know he makes a lot of money. But you know when when they signed that contract, I knew that he was going to be overpaid. You know, even probably after the first year, and 
in the first year, you know, he was already overpaid. He's a solid player. I mean, he's streaky at times, you know, score some goals. He's a pretty good passer. He's a good playmaker. Um, but, I mean, if if, I, if we're going grades, I would go C+. Plus. If you want to just go from, like, you know, where he stopped struggling to now, I would say probably somewhere around a B-. minus. But I would say C+, plus overall for the season. I think that he's a solid player. That's the best way you can put it. If, and if you want to put it into perspective points-wise, he's played 40 games. So he's only played two more games than Athanasiu. And he, at the point of when these were recorded, only had one less point than Athanasiu. Seven goals and 17 assists. So you can you can fault the guy a, a bit, but he's performing. He's not performing to what you're paying him, but you can't say he's not performing. Ryan? No, I, I would agree. I'd go with a, a B minus for him, to be quite honest. I was, his, the start of his season was frustrating for me. He wasn't, like you just mentioned, putting up the points you would expect for a guy making the money he is. But I think once he's, he went on that, what, six goals in four games streak there for yeah. a little bit. Since that point, I he think he's been a trick. completely different. Yeah, he, he's been a completely different player, though. Uh, and he still provides a lot defensively, which most of these guys still really don't. And especially when you look at a guy like Gus Nyquist, he, I think Nielsen's still a reliable person on your penalty kill. Though he's lost a hell of a step, he can still make plays. And he, that's what he was brought here to do is to make plays and to be a good, solid centerman, a depth centerman. He wasn't going to be the number – he was number two for one year. And then Larkin showed up and kind of spurred things around. But I think yeah. he's doing doing what they need without having a whole lot there to work with. So I'd say I'm going to give him a B minus based off what I feel. Yeah. I'm going to probably go with a C plus. Like I said, he's C plus B minus. There's not much of a, of a gap there, but he's like solid player paid too much, but he's good defensively. He's put up almost as many points as Athens CU. So, I mean, for those of you that love Athens CU and hate Franz Nielsen, Maybe you need to look in the mirror because, honestly, if you're going to think Athanasiu is amazing, look at the point production between the two. That's that's what I'm going to say. And he's a solid center uh, that's going to give you a good defensive game. He's all, Every time I see him on the ice now, the past few games, he's all over the puck and all over the person with the puck. So I think he's trying to step up uh, some of that defensive game in, in lieu of Henrik Zetterberg, who had a great defensive uh, game. And and he's been able to do that despite his slow start. So I'm gonna say C plus to to B minus for who would for win Pat. in a race right now between Zetterberg and Franz Nielsen? I think they both would blow out their knees before the race ended. <laughs> I don't think either don't wanna... the world upsetting. would lose for that race. No one would win. Oh, that would be the worst. <laughs> that would be hard to watch. Yeah, uh, you wanted the what? We could do length of the ice, and what's it gonna take? Five minutes. You know, it'd be even worse watching Erickson in the in that race, a three way race between those guys. Uh, watching Erickson do anything is terrible, and we'll get to that <laughs> next week. I, we could dedicate an entire episode to Jonathan Erickson. But, we should bring Tess on for that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. I agree. <laughs> So we're going to move on to someone who, who I really like on this team uh, for, for a couple reasons, and that's Tyler Bertuzzi. So in 42 games, he has 10 goals and 12 assists, 22 points. For a guy who has been on the third line for most of the season, 
that's some production for Tyler Bertuzzi. He's got grit in his game. He hits people off the puck. He's not flashy. He's not going to run down the ice and score you a beautiful goal. He'll get the dirty ones in front of the net. He'll bump people out of the way. I think Tyler Bertuzzi is also a building block for this team uh, because he provides you what Abdelkader should be giving you at a lot less money and a lot higher production. Uh, and I think, Ryan, it's your turn to start. Uh, I'm going to go right back to B minus. I'm, I'm being generous with these first several guys here, but he's playing the role that you would, like you just mentioned, what you expect from Advocator. And for a fraction of the cost, granted, they're also, what, 23 versus 31. But at the same time, Abby should still be going. And I don't want to get too deep into him, but like right now, Bert's getting into it in front of the bench because he's just out there pissing people off, and then he goes out and makes a play in the offensive zone. So he's doing it at both ends of the ice, and that's what you would expect. And he's he's just been a balanced player, 10 goals, 12 assists. So I, when you watch him out there, he's fiery. He brings a little bit of a overused term grit to the team that is much needed sometimes. And he's just – he's a fun little guy to watch. I, I like Bertuzzi. He's, uh, he gets into it. He – he mixes it up a little bit. He's kind of the straw that stirs the drink, if you will. You know, he's like, he, oh, well played. He's, he's passionate, you know, and, and, and the Red Wings need players like that because you're not going to get that from Franz Nielsen. You're certainly not going to get that from Athens CU. Uh, you know, maybe Larkin or Glenn Denning or like those guys. But I mean, other than that, you're not getting that from much of the other players. So. Um, that you know, you're not getting that. Certainly not from Danny DeKaiser, who if the wind blows, you know, he he falls down. Uh, and same with Erickson as well. So, uh, Bertuzzi's good. You know, I, I like to see him playing. You know, with better players instead of the third line. I like to see him play maybe on the second or even the first line. Um, but for for the line he's been on, the production is good, and it feels like. Uh, he's a good playmaker, and uh, I just wish he would finish on more of the opportunities he gets, but I think that may come with age. What's your grade? I would go with like a B or a B minus. Um, uh, to be generous, I'll just do a B. All right. I'm going to give Tyler Bertuzzi uh, a B. I, he's in, what's his second full season? Or mm-hmm. first full season, maybe second. Was last year a half season for him? I'm going to give him, yeah, I mean, for his second full season, he's improving on what he did last season. Uh, I don't, I can't fault him for anything. In 48 games, he played 48 games last season. Yeah, he hit half last year. Yeah, 48 games last season had 24 points. He's played 42 and has 22 now, so he's two away from what he played in half a season. If, If you can get in a full season, if you can get Tyler Bertuzzi to over 40 points, I think you you have a steal in him. So mm-hmm. for a third line grinder, if you put him on the second line, his production's only going to go up. Uh, like Tyler said, I agree. He should finish on on more of the chances that he gets. He's been another one to pass the puck before shooting it. But Tyler Bertuzzi, I think, is more than people expected him to be. Granted, he was drafted. I think he was drafted in the second round uh, because of the ties to Todd Bertuzzi. But yeah. he's he's proven that that I think he's lived up to a second round pick. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with his play. And I think, like I said, he should probably be one of the blocks going forward uh, as soon as you can kick Abdelkader to the curb. 
So God, we, let's see. We're going to go to – I'm going to skip a couple because I think they can be put into one group. Actually, we're going to do that grouping right now. Uh, Thomas Vanek, Justin Abdelkader, Darren Helm. Uh, we're going to put all those in one group. I'm going to say we really don't need any of them. Their play has not been anything really close to good. And I, I this is another one where you scratch your head and you go, what are you doing, Ken Holland? Um, but I think Ryan, I think Tyler starts this, the grouping of Thomas Vanek, uh, Justin Abdelader, and Darren Helm. Well, Vanek has lost the step, of course. And those guys suck, suck, and suck. So there's my grade for you. Uh, okay. Uh, we don't need any of those guys, and I would say to be generous, a D-plus for all those guys. It's just brutal. Ryan. You know the holidays are over, right? <laughs> Ugh. I don't know if it's fair to put Thomas Vanek in the tier of just an applicator right now. As a collective, I'm going to go with the D. If you're going to break it out, I'm going to give Vanek a C-, minus, but Abdelkader an F. <laughs> um, and Darren Helm, to his defense, and so Rohan doesn't help me down from Australia. I'm going to give him also a C minus, just because he's all he's been. Helm's been hurt for a while, so it's really hard for me to be too critical of how his overall play's been. Because I thought the last couple games he's been back, he's actually looked very well. Um, or done very well. Uh, but I mean, when you bring Advocator into the mix, though, it's hard to really justify what these guys are getting paid to not do on this team right now. And like you said, Tyler Vanek has lost a step. Like he looks like he's digging through tar every night, trying to skate. Abdelkader looks like he's got birds flying around in his head whenever he touches the puck. I think I've created a fantastic drinking game here for the near future. And then Helm is just Helm. There's really no other way to put it. So I would say as a collective, it's a D for that group. I think Darren. I think injuries really derailed Darren Helm because when, but, Helm, when Helm first came up, Darren Helm was. I mean, he obviously wasn't the greatest goal scorer in the world, but he was amazing at creating opportunities for himself. And I think there was one year where he scored close to twenty goals. I don't remember exactly. It might have been oh eight or oh eight oh nine or oh nine ten something like that. But he was he was really good. Like you could watch like a highlight film on there. And he's scoring some highlight real goals, but the injuries have really screwed him over. Mm-hmm. In in twenty fourteen, uh, well, Aaron Helm, in, the closest he's gotten was in 2014, 2015. He scored fifteen goals. Okay. He had thirty three points. That was his his biggest season in seventy five games. Darren Helm in his career has only played one complete season. Yeah, that's the problem. So. I think injuries, of course, have derailed Darren Helm's entire career. He can't stay healthy. He also, I believe, has paid a little too much. Um, too much. Thomas Vanek, honestly, is just – how many times I've seen Thomas Vanek turn the puck over is insane. Uh, how many times I've seen Thomas – the just a bad bounce hit him and go to the opposing team is crazy. Vanek was good when we had him two two years ago. Yeah. And and he was good. He was one of, and he played awesome with Athanasiu, but he's just he's not like you said, he's lost a step. This might be I don't think you can trade him. I don't think he has any value currently. 
I'm not sure what you do besides let him finish out the season because he does have a no trade clause. I think he knows that this might be his last season, but uh, Thomas Van, I, I can't talk about Justin Abdelkader without getting irrationally angry <laughs> as to why for like three straight weeks they played him on the top line as if that was going to help anything at all. And in that time he was on the top line, what did he score like once maybe? You put it like, like I said, Dylan Larkin makes everyone around him better. If you if you don't score when we when you're with Dylan Larkin, you're Bronco, just not good. Well, if I mean, he was even score, good with Datsuk and Zetterberg, but but Larkin is at getting to that level, and he just couldn't fucking do it. In I think, 44 I, oh, games, uh, Justin Applicator has 13 points. Yeah, he's which stuck. is amazing still. And he's getting paid like a, a fringe first line player. The worst are the people that defend this guy. Yeah, oh, he's he's a hometown guy. He played at Michigan State. Okay, well, he looks okay. like he should still be playing at Michigan State. Big deal. Michigan State blows. So I'm giving the grouping of Thomas Vanek, Justin Abdelkader, and Darren Helm, uh, Brick Hands, Darren Helm. They are getting a D as a group. Uh, and I'm probably agreeing with Ryan. Abdelkader, if, if I could give an F minus, I would give it to Justin Abdelkader. <laughs> Darren Helm, it's almost unfair to grade him because he literally almost doesn't exist. Uh, but I'm going to give him a, a C minus, and I'm going to give Thomas Vanek a D. So that's that's where I'm going because Thomas Vanek at least has 17 points in 36 games. But again, he gets injured too because he's old. So that's... That's just what's happened. That's that's the bottom barrel. But we're going to pick ourselves back up, and we're going to grade Anthony Mantha. So mm. Anthony Mantha was also hurt for a little bit. Uh, in 29 games, he has 10 goals and 5 assists, 15 points in 29 games. Uh, before he got hurt, he was coming on pretty well. Uh, he looks like he's picked up his skating. His defense uh, has gotten a little better. Um, but I've noticed a lot more of him playing on the puck and less floating. So, uh, Ryan... Uh, grade Anthony Mantha. He he's a tough one to me because I know we had a pretty fun and passionate conversation about him earlier in the year, and I, I got to say my grade for him is probably a C plus B minus uh, based off. And the reason I'm gonna say that is for one, it doesn't help that he does he got into another fight and freaking hurt Broke himself again. Yeah, yeah. And then also that, but I'm also going off of what he expects out of himself because I think it was right after the season ended or b- before the season started, he was expecting to put up, what, 30 goals. So he currently is, uh, what, a little bit behind that. If he gets to uh, 30 goals by season's end, then I can I would definitely feel good bringing that grade up. He's um, t- at 10 goals right now, but yeah, he did luck. miss a few weeks. I mean, it, it's possible. 20 goals of the, the final – course of the season i think it's very doable and i think he should do it however it's going to depend on how this team plays as a whole for one and whether or not he decides to step that game up the way larkin has to try to be at another level to help carry this team with guys like mike green out off the back end he needs to step up and make that fuck as as we've talked about shoot the fucking puck he's got the best shot on this team and he doesn't use it so i want to go for right now c plus yep tyler talk to me about mantha Anthony Mantha is one of my favorite players on the team, and he's an incredibly frustrating guy to watch play the game of hockey because there's games – and you know what? I'll I'll go this far. 
He reminds me of Johan Franzen. When he's on, he can score goals like anybody. When nice comparison. Not, when he's not, he's floating. He's invisible almost out there. And it's incredibly frustrating to watch. Franzen was one of my favorite players when he played for the Wings. And, you know, there was Datsuk, there was Zetterberg, there was Lidstrom and those guys. And I really gravitated towards Franzen because he was a big winger. He could score from anywhere. And it's just incredibly frustrating where, like, he's got all the tools. He just – it feels like he doesn't have the heart. And I hate to say that, but it feels like his heart's not always into it. Feels like his, you know, he's not always going 110 percent like a guy like Larkin or a guy like I hate to say it, Luke Clendenning has way more uh-huh. heart than Tampa. I, I, I hate to say that. If I were to give a grade, I would say probably a C plus because Mantha going into this year, I know he did get hurt, and so I, I, that's obviously not his fault. But he does have to stay out of fighting. I mean, he's, he's. What's that? The second time where he's gotten hurt fighting. Second time he broke his hand fighting. The first time yeah. was against Luke Wachowski. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that was two years ago, I believe. Um, and like so, I would say C plus, but he he can be better. I think that that he just needs to go to the dirty areas and score goals instead of staying on the outside and and just hoping that the puck will go in from outside. Although yeah. he does have a shot to make it happen, so I guess. Just 20 goals is not a stretch, bro. No, especially for missing a few weeks. I was hoping he'd get to the 25 to 30 goal mark this season. I think if he didn't miss those games, he may have hit that. Would, uh, you trade I think, him? would I trade him? I don't I don't think so. I think he has a higher ceiling than someone like Athanasiu. I would keep Mantha. Would if you, you trade can him get... for Jake Truba? <sighs> mm. Mm. I don't think they would trade him for Jacob Trouba. Like no, I don't if think they did. If they did. Would you? Let Let me answer that at the end of the season. Let me see where he ends up at the end of the season, and then I'll let you know. I think for Mantha, the beginning of his season was kind of disappointing. Uh, he went quite a few games without scoring, but then, like I said, he's brought it on recently. He worked a lot on his speed and footwork while he was injured because a broken hand doesn't stop you from skating. I I think that it's fully reasonable that he could possibly hit 30 goals this season still after missing a few weeks. I think the 25 range is more likely though. So I would give Anthony Mantha a C to a C plus. He's got work to do. Uh, I think he's working on the not floating. I think Larkin is, is a big factor in motivating some of these guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give Mantha a C to a C plus uh, based on his performance so far. Uh, We're going to move on to a couple people that I'm also going to combine uh, simply because their seasons have been short. I'm not going to say short. They've been in and out. Jacob De La Rose and Christopher N, who are, I'm going to call them two solid solid fourth-line players. I like the defensive play of De La Rose. Mm -hmm. Uh, N shows that he has some hands. He just needs the opportunity to shoot. But they're both solid defensively. They both can make some plays. I, I'm not worried about them really. Uh, but we're gonna let Tyler start with De La Rose and Christopher N. De La Rose is a good surprise. I mean, obviously he's not a guy that's that has a lot of points. He's only got seven points in what thirty-two games or so. And so I mean, he's obviously not the type of guy that's gonna score your goals. But uh, he can kill some penalties. You know, he's pretty physical when he has to be. He's for a Swede, he's definitely physical. So he's 
he's solid. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And then you said Christopher N. I mean, I had no idea who Christopher N was before this season started. And then, you know, he had he, he made the team out of training camp, and he stuck around pretty much the whole time. I mean, it, they did send him down a little bit, and then he bounced around a little bit. But he's played 27 games, and that's four points. So, obviously, he's not the goal-scoring type or, or the assist guy, but he's, he's good at killing penalties. He can block some shots when needed be. And, uh, you know, he's just a solid player. So, for those guys, for their role specifically, I would give them a B, B to a B- minus because – that's what's expected of them. You know, they're not expected to, to generate a, t- a whole ton of offense. They're just there to, you know, be defensive forwards and, you know, fourth liners. Yeah. Ryan. Yeah. I'd have to agree. I'd go with the B. I still kind of scratch my head at the fact that the Red Wings did pick up De La Rose as a waiver wire guy, but at the same time you look at it, he's depth. They lack depth. Uh, outside of a few guys possibly you could make an argument for down in Grand Rapids, but he's filling role. He's playing 12 minutes a game with N playing nine minutes a game. They're both going to stick to your fourth line. They could possibly play on your third. They've had some flashes of brilliance this year. I think De La Rose, uh, when Wade Megan was up and Mm -hmm. N, their line has been one of the best ones that Detroit's put out there at times just because of the aggressiveness they could bring. And, the oh shit they're doing it even though they're not maybe putting the puck in the net and i thought had a really good game tonight too in the way he was able to get to the into tight and uh, make a play on net even though he wasn't actually scoring um he's what you would expect for a 22 23 year old guy that's really nothing special if you will and dale rose is kind of the same dale rose i think had a little bit more of a expectation when he was first brought into the league, but they're both, I think for what Detroit needs and in terms of a depth, even though their whole team kind of could be considered a depth team, they're doing what they need to do. And they haven't really been a guy guys that were pissed off about. So I'd say B. I'm going to say that I'm going to give De La Rose and Christopher N uh, a C plus like, like Tyler said, they're, they're doing what they're meant to do and they're not screwing up. Uh, If, if, if some people want to go, I hate plus minus as a stat, uh, but in 32 games, uh, De La Rose is a minus three and ends a minus one. Uh, for for fourth line guys that, that sometimes get scored on a lot more than others, um, they're pretty solid when they're on the ice. They're not letting a, a bunch of stuff because they're both defensive forwards uh, that, that a lot of times they play on the same line. And they're they're there to stop pucks. That's what they're there to do. Greg on a very bad team too. Let's not forget that. This exactly. Yeah. So they're there to stop pucks, there's and that's that's they do. There's obviously some some bright spots of this team, but this is not a good hockey team. Like even the yeah. team that fringely made the playoffs in what was it 2015, and we got we lost in five games to Tampa. That team would destroy this team that we're playing with right now. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we've got two to go. Uh, we're going to go with Luke Glendening next. I It pains me to say that Luke Glendening has had a solid season. Luke Glendening in 44 games has five goals and eight assists. So 13 points in 44 games, not flashy, uh, but he wins faceoffs. Mm-hmm. He is a solid, he's, he's a guy that you put him on. He's going to knock people off the puck. He's going to block shots. Luke Glendening, again, is going to do what you need him to do on the ice. I think he could also be traded at the trade deadline because he is a position that I believe could be filled 
uh, from Grand Rapids. I, I think there are going to be teams that will call about Luke Glendening because his contract is affordable and he's he's been a solid guy on the ice all season. Ryan? I've got to agree with you. I'd say that Glendening to me has been a BB plus type of player this year. Um, and I love looking at hockey reference while we have these conversations. He's number two on the team in block shots with 55 and number two on the team in hits with 105. He's also got a 58% face-off percentage. This is not including tonight's game. But when you watch most of these games out there, this, this guy's much like Larkin. He is everywhere. If he actually had some type of touch, he'd be a, a leading scorer on this team or pushing top five because he is always in, in, in the, at the net. He was actually on the power play at the late end of this game today, uh, which I wasn't really a fan of. But he is the type of grinded out defensive forward that you would want on your team. So trade for him, give us a good pick, and we'll be happy. But I think overall, though, he's been a small glimmer on a gloomy year so far. So B. Tyler? Luke Glendening, he's the type of player that if you had a thousand of them that had the heart that he had with the skill that, <laughs> that you know, some some players have, like Larkin or something, then, then he'd, it'd be tremendous. But, like, he's, he's the type of player that's frustrating because you got him out there on the first line sometimes or you got him out there on, like, a power play or something. It's like, what are you doing? But, like, he's good at his role, you know. He kills penalties. He doesn't – he has a heart, like, lion, you know. So, he doesn't stop. He's got a huge motor. So, like, I, I mean, I can't I, I can't hate the guy. They, like, playing hockey myself and not having the most effort in the world out there, like, it just – it's unbelievable how much of a motor that guy has out there. He doesn't stop until he's off the ice. So, okay, that's perfect. But he doesn't have any skill. Uh, you know, offensively or anything like that. So he doesn't really bring anything offensively besides a little bit of speed. But, I mean, he's been a bright spot, I mean, for, for himself. I would give him probably a C-plus. But, I mean, that, that's that's where I would go with that. Yeah, Luke Glendening, I'm, I'm going to agree a little bit with both of you. If he had any sort of uh, offensive ability, yeah, he, if he had any sort of offensive ability, he would easily be a second line, first line guy. It's just, he doesn't. His his skill is all in blocking shots and taking away opportunities, which is needed. But I mean, it, sometimes it just sucks. Uh, I I would give Luke Glendening a C plus to a B minus. I think he scored more last year. Um, like I said, he's got five goals and eight assists, so 13 points in 44 games. He finished last season with uh, 69 games played, 11 goals and eight assists with 19 points. So he he's on pace to beat his point production from last year, but then again, that's not saying much. So C to C plus or C plus to B minus you can give Luke Glendening anywhere in that range because he does what he's supposed to do. But again, if they can trade him, trade him because I think you could bring in someone from grand Rapids to fill that role uh, yep. for you. Maybe minus the, the percentage face-off wins he gets because he's a pretty good face-off guy. But I, I think you could bring someone in to fill the same kind of role uh, because if grit and heart made a, a Stanley cup winning team, uh, Luke Glendening's name would be on it. So. You definitely do need players like him, uh, uh, you know, if you're going to win a Stanley Cup at some point. 
Oh, yeah. absolutely. So we're going to end tonight and wrap it up with uh, grading Michael Rasmussen. Now, Michael Rasmussen was kind of the talk coming in. Uh, in 41 games played, he has six goals and seven assists, 13 points. And I'm going to attribute that with putting him on the completely wrong lines every night. Mm-hmm. Michael Rasmussen should be playing on the second line, at least. When Mantha went down, you should have put Michael Rasmussen on the top line and let him stand in front of the net while Nyquist and Larkin took shots. Michael Rasmussen started okay. Middle of his season was slightly slow, and he's picked it back up lately where he's laying the body more. He's screening more. He's deflecting pucks. He had a really good deflection off of, I think it was De La Rosen into the net. Um, I, I love Rasmussen. I think there might be a little too much pressure on him currently. He's also playing the wing, which isn't his natu- natural position, which is what they did with Larkin first. Mm-hmm. But I right now, for the way, if I did a whole half-season review for, for Rasmussen right now, and not to any fault of his, I'm going to give him a C- minus to a C. Tyler? Yeah, Rasmussen, I mean, he hasn't been great, but it's not his fault, a lot of it. You know, I mean, I see him on the fourth line sometimes. It's like, well, he's a top pick. Like, put this guy on the first or the second line and just let him play there. You know, he's 6'5", or whatever he is. Just let him stand in front of the net and screen. Put him on the power play. I mean, his puck retrieval would be good because he's a big guy in the corner. And, and let him just sit in front of the net. Be the Thomas Holmstrom of this team. Exactly. I mean, it, but grade-wise, I mean, not to his fault, but I would say like a C-. minus. I mean, obviously, like I said, some of it's not his fault. And some of it, you know, his skating needs to get better. He's not the fastest guy in the world. And in a, in a game where, where the game just continues to get faster and faster, um, if you're not fast, you're going to be left behind, and he's going to have to speed up if he's going to want to continue in this NHL the way it is nowadays. Yep. Ryan? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree to a large extent. I'd, I'd give him a C for how the season's going. Um, to your point, Greg, he's been horribly managed in regards to his usage. There's no reason he should be on the fourth line for most of these games, getting stuck down there with Abdulkader and De La Rose. Uh, when Mantha went down, like you said, he should have been promoted. I think that he started out first couple games. He looked all right. He slowed down for probably a good stretch there for a little while. Then I'd, I'd say up until t- I mean tonight, he didn't play. He was scratched. I think he has a lower body thing that he's dealing with. They said, but I think over the last couple of weeks, last month or so, he's shown that he belongs. He doesn't have the touch yet. He is, but his body and the way he handles himself when he's got the puck, especially along the boards in the offensive zone and in front of the net, he's not afraid to mix it up with guys and go get the puck and hold on to the puck. I think he's got some very soft hands, and that's only going to get better the older that he gets and the more he's he's around. And you can't really be too upset for a guy like him coming in for his first ever NHL season and having 13 points to 41 games and not expected to even really be here at the start of the year. So the more if he keeps on the pace that he's going, I I think he's going to be a very big bright spot and a very key piece of this team moving forward. So I'm going to go with the solid C right now. I agree. I think he he needs time. I think Mm -hmm. he's probably not very happy with, with what he's done so far, but again, it's not his, his fault because he's being mismanaged. 
and that I can, I'm not going to blame this season. I'm not going to blame Blashwell for a lot of stuff, uh, but that is one thing I can blame him for is completely misusing Rasmussen by putting him on the wrong line. Do you guys see him back next year? Jeff Blash. I, that depends on, that depends on what happens with Ken Holland. Mm-hmm. If Ken Holland stays, I think Blashwell gets a year. If yeah, Ken what Holland, if, what? What if Eisenman ends up coming in, whether he's the GM or not? Then I think Blashel goes because I think what Eiserman, if Eiserman comes in as a general manager, uh, I think he cleans house. You think? Yeah. Yep. I mean, why not? You come in, you want your people in place. You don't want the leftover regime to, to, to come through. It makes no sense. The only one so, I can see surviving is Bilesma in an assistant role. That's about it. But that would also depend on who we would bring in as a head coach. Yeah. So that's going to do it for the forward grades for tonight. Like I said, next week we will do defense and goalies. This one has been a little longer than normal, but I hope you guys stuck with us through the entire thing. Uh, Ryan, if you could go ahead and give everyone your Twitter uh, handle real quick. Uh, mine is horribly at rdryan33. Tyler? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler. Or, oh, my God. You can follow me on again. Twitter at yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast on Twitter at Grindline Pod. You can find our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, uh, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. We're there. Uh, like us, subscribe to us, drop us comments, love our podcast, share it with people. We love to talk to people online. Get at us on Twitter. We're also active on a few Red Wings uh, Facebook pages where I just like to shit on everyone's opinions. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. We do like talking to our fans. Um, we, I, I'm looking at maybe setting up a few fun things soon. Uh, that'll be kind of in the works, but for Tyler and Ryan, I am Greg. Uh, you stay classy hockey town. <laughs>